Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. Okay, I want to continue to talk on attitude, okay? You say, Pastor, I've heard this before, really? Have you? So what's up with your attitude? What's up with your cynicism? So let's talk about it tonight. How many born free is here tonight? That means you're born after 1994. Jump to your feet and give the Lord a praise. Come on, you're a born free. No, there are more of you. I said, how many born free? If you don't know your birth date, Jy kan nie sê, dit is die jaar toe die weerlig die boom geslaan het. Okay, some of you are, okay, you're born free in Christ. Okay, you're cheating, but you are right, actually. Okay, Luke chapter 5 verse 36, then he spoke a parable to them saying, No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the, the new does not match the old. Somebody say tonight it's time for new. New thoughts. Say it. New thoughts. New ideas. New actions. Say it's time for me to be a new me. Or a renewed me. Okay. And no one puts new wine into old wine skins or else the new wine will burst the wine skins and be spilled. And the wine skin will be ruined. Now there's a prophetic word for South Africa. 1994 was a critical year, 2024 will be another critical year and I'm going to say it bravely, boldly and courageously, God is going to establish a new order. What it's going to look like, I don't know, but it's going to be an order that will bring change to South Africa and liberate the poor people in South Africa because that's our highest priority, say amen. He says new wine must be put into new wine skins. Uh, so you, uh, you, please, if you are young, don't be a nagbag. Um, just stay with the times, okay? Um, don't get old in your mindset. You can age graciously. You can age youthfully. So new wine must be put into new wine skins and both are preserved. And no one having drunk the old wine immediately desires the new, for he says the old is better. So he has to deal with Christianity. It's all about change. If you want to progress, it's going to require change in you, in your attitude, in your mindset, in your outlook, in your vision. You want to progress in life, then you cannot camp in yesterday. You cannot camp in the pain of your father, in the pains of yesterday, in the history of yesterday. And I know sometimes, maybe your parents said something that has Put you in bondage. Maybe your parents said you'll never amount to anything. And it's like a record, which you won't know what that is, which is like something that turns around in your mind again and again and again and again and again and again and again. The minute you want to do something for God, there's that old thing, there's that program in your mind that says you don't have what it takes. You're never going to amount to anything. You're not like your sister. You're not as good as your brother. It doesn't matter because we have to talk about a new you. We have to talk about the you that God created. We have to talk about the new identity. We have to talk to you and get you to identify with the life that God gave you in Christ, the anointed life, where there is unlimited potential. Paul said, it's no longer I that live, but 
Christ who lives in me. The life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Second Corinthians 5, 7 in the Bible says, If any man or any woman, not any it, is in Christ, he shall be a new creature. We're living in a culture of cancellation where people want to cancel you. They want to cancel your identity. Because when they cancel your identity, they will cancel your vision, your future, your hope, and the life that God has for you. That's why God brings a new order. And the new order starts when you give your life to Jesus Christ. A new order. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Somebody shout, I'm a new creature. Say it tonight. I'm a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So if Jesus made you a new wineskin, you cannot still think like an old wine skin. You have to get your thoughts to line up with who God says you are and begin to think like a recreated you, a powerful you, an unlimited you, a well-able you, an I can you, because that's who you are. See, my brother, my sister, what we have to understand, young family, is that the day you are saved, it is a miracle. It is the greatest miracle that can happen. In 1 Peter 1.23, the Bible says, you are born again of incorruptible seed of the Word of God that lives and abides forever. So your spirit man is regenerated. Colossians 1 verse 13 says, you are translated from the domain, the dominion, the powers of darkness, and you are translated into the kingdom of God's dear Son. So spiritually, you are regenerated. You look the same. I've not seen anybody get saved and their hair color changes, okay? Or their hairstyle changes, or their clothes change. Inside, you become a brand new person, but you still have the same thoughts, the same mindset, the same paradigms, the same beliefs. If you were fat, if you were thin, if you were thin before you got saved, you're gonna be thin after you got saved, okay? If you were uh, uh, an Asian before you got saved, you're gonna be an Asian after you got saved. You're not suddenly gonna become Spanish. You say, Pastor, why are you saying that? Because the obvious is not that obvious to most people. Because people think all you need is another miracle. People think if God saved me, the job is done. No. When God saved you, the journey begins. I said when God saves you, the journey begins. You are translated from the dominion, the power, the influence of darkness, and you are placed in God's uh, 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 kingdom, salvation. It's like God that took Israel out of Egypt. God delivered them with a mighty hand. Instantly, in one night, God brought them out. Out of the darkness, out of 430 years of generational slavery, God brought them out with a mighty hand. God did miracles in Egypt. God did miracles in the wilderness. And when the time came for them to possess the promised land, the Bible didn't say they would not. The Bible says they could not because of a mindset. Because in Africa, we always want another miracle. And let me say this, God is a miracle worker. Don't get me wrong. God does do miracles. But God only does miracles when there are no other options. A miracle is not God's bailout plan. And a miracle is not the way God designed you to live. A miracle is step one. Or a miracle is when the doctors have no answers. Then God might, will, can 
Whichever word you choose, do a miracle. I don't discount that. I've seen many miracles. But we don't live by miracles. The just shall live by what? Huh? By faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. We overcome by faith. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. 1 John 5 verse 4. We please God by faith. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Right? Whatever is not of faith is sin. Romans 14 23. So it is a journey of faith. So here's the deal. People get saved and uh, they come to the altar. They get baptized in the Holy Ghost. And then they think it's okay. Yeah, you're going to get to heaven. But if you're going to live a life of victory on planet Earth, there's some work we have to do. And that work is you're going to have to change your thoughts. You're going to have to change what you allow into your mind. You are going to have to get the junk out because your mind is not a trash can. And you are going to have to get the Word of God into your mind. Because the greatest change that has to take place in a regenerated, born-again Christian in the journey of sanctification is your mindset has to be changed. Without a transformed mindset or a renewed mindset, there will be no transformation in your life. And transformation in itself is a journey. I know we want to skip, as I said this morning, the process of renewal, but you cannot. I know we want to get saved. We are desperate. And we want God to take us from the pit to the palace. God never even did that to Joseph. God took Joseph from the pit. Then God took him to Potiphar's house. We had to learn to rule and reign in an environment that was not conducive for him to rule and reign. Then God took him to the prison to prepare him for the palace because your character is never developed in the palace. Your character is always developed in the prison. Your character will not be developed in the boardroom. Your character will be developed in the wilderness. And we have to talk about that because this is something that's lacking in Christianity. Because people come and they say, well, if God meant that it's going to be. No. I mean, God meant for Israel to inherit the promised land, and yet they did not. Who's to blame? God? No. So we have our part to play in this journey of sanctification. It's all by grace, but we have our part to play. And if we understand we have our part to play, we will become disciplined, we will become committed, and we will become dedicated to the journey of transformation. We all know that if you look at a caterpillar before it turns into a butterfly, it goes into a cocoon and it becomes a pupa. Is that the right English word, right? So you cannot take that pupa out of the cocoon because you're gonna kill him. That pupa has to struggle and find his own way out of the wilderness to become the butterfly. That pupa has to learn to discover who He is before He has wings to fly. We want to give people wings to fly, but we've never developed their character, their understanding, their integrity, the tenacity, and the level of faith. So we have to understand, child of God, that even when God took Israel into the promised land, the promised land did not fall into their laps. They had to possess the promised land. And the Bible said, God said to uh, 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 Joshua, I'm not going to drive the Amalekites out before you in one day, but it's going to take a whole generation. Little by little, you will possess the promised land. So as 
you change your mind little by little and as your faith level grows little by little your confidence will grow little by little and you will become more effective in life and that's why life is a journey it's not an event people want an event and they call that event a miracle but that's not how God designed us to live God designed us to cultivate a spirit of faith God called us after salvation to be disciples. A disciple is a disciplined follower of Christ, teaching them to observe. Observe means to see and to do all things I commanded you. So we cannot expect our lives to change if we are casual about our Christian journey. I want that to sink in because after COVID, many people are very casual about this thing called Christianity and they wonder why their problems do not fade or disappear. They want deliverance, but there are something things God will not deliver you from. You have to outgrow those things. The Christ in you have to become stronger. The light in you have to become brighter. So the power of Satan will lose its hold over your life. Say amen tonight and give him a praise. Come on. So, so, so for young people, if you get this, your life will go from glory to glory. But if you run and, and, and think like everybody else, you are going to live like everybody else. So although God delivers a whole nation, uh, uh, it is not everybody that gets it. So a few people progress. And, you know, people always want to put this back in the hands of God and that would make him a respecter of persons. Acts 10.34, God says, I am no respecter of persons. What God is, He's a respecter of principles. You honor God, you honor God's Word. God's Word will work mightily in you and God's Word will change your mindset. And when your mind begins to change, your life will begin to change because a new thought will set you on a new course. You cannot think old thoughts and possess new promises. Your thoughts have to line up with the promises. Are you listening to me tonight? I'm glad you're quiet because that does mean you listen. So Matthew 12, 33, the Bible says, either make the tree good and its fruit good or else make the tree bad and its fruit bad. For a good tree is known by its fruit. So people who say it's God's responsibility for you to bear fruit, no. God is the author of life, but how you abide in Him and how you apply His Word will determine what you produce. Because you are known by your fruit that you produce. And what determines the fruit is your treasure. Your treasure is your inner belief system. It's the program. It's the computer program that controls your thoughts, your actions, and your words. So he says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. An evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth good things. So what determines what you produce in life? Now again, I, I, I'm going to say this. Um, things happen that you have no control over. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But the one thing you can control is your attitude. How you face what life throws at you. How you go through your valley is your attitude. It's your choice at the start. How you get up in the morning is your attitude. I used to tell my children always when they got out of bed, that's why they have good attitudes. My, uh, and my in-laws also have good attitudes. Amen. Uh, not my, I'm not going to say that thing, my son in love, because that is so weak. It's, it's actually like my son in love. 
Ach, asseblief toch nou, asseblief. Nee, ek is blij jy dink so. Slappy agape, good for you. But in any case, okay, so um, I used to tell my children when they climb out of bed, because, uh, you know, we all have emotions. It's, it's our humanity. You don't always feel like a million bucks, do you? No. You don't always feel like going to gym, do you? No. You don't always feel like a superstar, do you? No. You don't always feel like well-able, do you? No. But so what? We don't live by feelings, emotion, sentiment. That's why when we are weak, we say, I'm strong. So I told them, get back in bed quickly. Get back in bed and climb out with a good attitude. Or they would just get up with um, a, 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 a moody face so that I said, I'm counting till three, then you have a better attitude. One, two, and then they smile. Because your attitude is what? Your choice. Might sound simple, but your attitude is your choice. Every day you put on your attitude. And the Bible is very clear. The Bible says, put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Put on your Christ identity. Put on your winner's mindset. Put on your spirit of excellence. Put on your well-able attitude. Every day you put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, there's no limitation in the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no failure. There's no inferiority. There's no defeat. There's no worry. There's no, there's no uh, doubt in the Lord Jesus so we have to actively put on the Lord Jesus Christ because you live out of your spirit soul the two of them work together not just your spirit your spirit is where God lives your soul has to be renewed has to be changed right so so the fruit tells you about the treasure you're not happy with the fruit it's actually good news that you can do something about it you can change the treasure because a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. A big man out of the big treasure of his heart brings forth big things. So the program, the overriding program that controls your life, you have the power through the Word of God to change and rewrite that program. No matter how abused you were, how rejected you were, how, how, how you felt about yourself up to this evening. Tonight you can begin to rewrite the program like any programmer goes and rewrites a program for the company, for the bank. Child of God, you have to write a new program because we need a new program for a new day. We need to let go of the old mindset. We have to go let go of the mindset that was cultivated during apartheid and we have to put on a new mindset because that's what sells. Africa needs. Come on. If you are ready for change, say Amen. Jy is reg vir verandering. Geef vir jyre a lofpreising en a aanbidding. Come on man, prijs om met blije galme in Jesus naam. So I thank God for the anointing. Listen. This church was birthed in the power of the Holy Ghost. But Pentecost, we can't stay there. We have to move on and then get refreshed, revived, and moved on. The, the, the challenge in the journey is the challenge of renewing of the mind. That's why when church opens, you have to be there. Because it's different, yeah, than watching in television land. Different. Different. Because when I speak here, yeah, the power of the Holy Ghost is upon me. And it's the power of the Holy Ghost through the Word of God that changes you. It's not just Scriptures. It is the anointed Word that impacts your life. The Word of God that goes and divides between your soul and your heart. That discerns the thoughts and intents of your heart. That cuts away the negativity. So God always works with the Word and the Spirit. You need both. The anointing and the Word. 
So we have to talk about this inner treasure. These two boys grew up in a home. The father was a drug dealer in prison in America, in and out of prison often. The one child grew up to be exactly like his father, in and out of prison. The other child became very successful in the stock market, very influential, true story, businesses everywhere. A reporter discovered, but these two boys grew up in the same home. And the question was asked, well, why did you follow this path? Both gave the same answer. With a father like that, what did you expect? The one became a victim of his upbringing, his environment, his circumstances. The other one chose to use the negative past as a springboard, a launching pad to become exactly opposite to what he or she experienced in life. And I'll tell you this as well, you can use a negative and turn it into a positive by the power of Christ. Young generation, you can turn the negativities of yesterday the hurts that your parents went through, parents went through, the oppression your parents went through, you can turn that negative into a positive and become agents of change in South Africa. But that means you cannot sing the same song that that generation sang. We need to sing a new song. We need to sing a song of unity, a song of healing, a song of deliverance, a song of hope, a song of blessing, a song of rebuilding South Africa. We cannot go back to the past again and again and again and think that the past is gonna bring something good into our future. By all means, learn from it, but learn not to be a reflection of yesterday. Learn not to be a reflection of yesterday and to be a reflection of Christ. Amen. Amen. So when, 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 you know, this is such an important revelation. That's why I'm staying here. And some of you have heard it many times, but you're going to hear it until you change. Because we don't just need infor information, we need transformation. We actually need to get it. We actually need to talk different, think different, act different. When all your friends run a certain direction and you know it's not right, you dislocate from that. You can't just run with everybody else because their mindset will become your mindset. If you don't control the, your soul gate, somebody else will control your soul gate for you. God has given you a sovereign will. Your thoughts are your thoughts. You are not called to think anybody else's thoughts, but the thoughts of God's Word. So your culture, yeah, there are many good things in your culture, but so are there bad things, things that will limit you. In your tradition, things that will neutralize the Word of God in order for you to keep your tradition. That's why when you are in Christ, the Bible says, if you then be raised with Christ, set your mind on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. You don't think down here anymore. You don't think hurt. You don't think uh, inferiority. You don't think anger, bitterness, resentment. You don't fight a battle that your parents fought 2,000 years ago or 50 years ago or 100. Oh, come on, young people. Don't pick up the battle of yesterday. Pick up the battle of tomorrow. Pick up the future in the name of Jesus Christ and become a bright shining light in your generation. That's what we need. Young people that will make a different sound. We don't need people to make the same sound people made pre-94. We need people to make a sound that this country needs post-2024. 
Come on, if you believe it tonight, say amen and give the Lord a praise. Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, Durban, Cape Town, Potchets, Throop. Come on, yeah, funny plas, can you hear a lure? Wherever you come from, Lumpur, you can praise God because you are not defined by your environment. You are defined by what God says about you. If any man be Christ, he's a new creature. It's got nothing to do with color, gender, age, race. It has everything to do with identification, allowing God to change you inside out. Because our, our, our challenges are not out there. Our challenges are in here. You change in here, you can change the things out there. That's why I said uh, when we had revival meetings, the first thing that has to happen, things have to shift in us. Not just out there. Because things can shift out there, but if things don't shift in here, then your treasure will produce the change God brought to the treasure you are. Because you create you you determine your environment your treasure the world is a reflection of your treasure I never said you're an ideal world. Joseph wasn't in an ideal world, but he rose to the top because God was with him. And he did not allow what happened to him to determine who he became. He never lost his royalty in his mind. He never lost rulership. He ruled wherever he found himself. Although in exile, although a prisoner, he rose to the top because they could not change his treasure on the inside, right? That's why I'm so, so passionate about young people rising to the top. Christians rising to the top. People not making excuses not to get ahead in life. I mean, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, they are taken into Babylon. Not only are they taken into Babylon as slaves, they are, 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 are castrated. They are eunuchs. So people don't even know this. But the ability to reproduce is taken away from them. And yet they reproduce. Ten times better than anybody else in Babylon. They got the jobs that they were not supposed to get because they were 10 times better because they solved the king's problems. They were there as slaves and they ended as rulers. That's why I tell people, don't allow a political dispensation to decide your future. God has already decided your future. Don't allow your color, your culture, your background to decide your future. God has decided your future. People can say you are too white, you will not get into medical school. Listen, you may have to go study PSC, a year later you're gonna get into medical school and you're gonna be a top doctor. People may say you are too black, you're a woman, you're Asian. I don't care what people say, I care what God God says, because I believe the report of the Lord, I have a future and a hope because God says so. And I better believe what God say and not make everything a giant that I read in the media and that people try to force upon me. So lift your hand tonight and say, I have a future. Say, I have a hope. Say, I'm going places. Rulership, say it, rulership is my destiny. Say headship is my destiny. Say greatness is my destiny. Say it, say there is nothing average about me because I hail from God. God lives in me. I am born from God. I overcome all things. I am going places. I have things to do. 
because I know God and the people who know God shall be strong and do great exploits. Now give the Lord a praise if you believe it. Come on. Give the Lord a praise and feel good about yourself for once in your life. This is not a hype, this is reality. Because as a man thinketh, so is he. So we know the story. Um, they rebel against God. And God says, as truly as I'm, as I love, you can all rebel against me, but my plan is going to be fulfilled. Not against me, against God. So the God's plan, listen. With South Africa will be fulfilled. We may not be on track, but that's okay. God's going to hasten things. God's going to get us on track. We will get the righteous in governance. We will break the back of poverty because God's hand is upon South Africa. Things will line up with God's plan. So God says, as I am God, all the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. He says, but all of these people who rebelled against me and didn't believe my miracles, etc. God says, I've had enough with these people. I've had enough with this mindset. He says, they're not going to enter the promised land because of their prevailing mindset. But my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. You don't follow God up to a point. You don't follow God until your friend starts spewing negativity. You don't follow God because the majority says we are not able. You stay true to what God says. No matter how big the giants are, you hold on to your spirit or your attitude of faith. Believing you are well able. Believing God is for you. God says, because Caleb has a different spirit, I will bring him into the promised land. Everybody else will turn into the wilderness, will perish and will die. Because of their evil complaints, their murmuring. And God says, go tell those people, as I live, just as you have spoken in my hearing, so I will do it to you. Family, we have to be careful what we say. We have to watch what we say. Idle chatter. I hope you have a bladder problem, brother, standing up there. Ask him, escort him to the toilet and bring him back. I'm not playing. Because people come here, whatever. Hey, we love you. God bless you. Thanks for being with us on television. Thank you. Thank you. If you climbed on public transport, you will sit in church. You won't go to McDonald's or you won't go smoke a zool outside. It's not happening. You won't get your foot back in this auditorium. Let me make it clear. We bring you here to change your life. You don't respect it, don't come back. Is that too harsh? I don't care. We're not here to play. I'm trying to help people. And if they don't want to be helped, then don't come back here. Go smoke your soul. I smoked many souls. It didn't do anything for me. Made me dumb. God had to bring my alertness, sharpness back after smoking too much marijuana for five years and Bandrex and all the nonsense. He had to renew my mind. So I'm not here to play. So he had to try and help you. So you can get up and be unruly in your classroom. Yeah, we will teach you discipline for your sake. Okay? And if you have a problem with a white man bringing discipline, then you can samaya.
So God says to them, as I, hey, hey, uh, by the way, I'm not doing this for myself. I know this and I love this. Okay. So it's like going to the doctor and he doesn't need the medicine and he gives you medicine, but halfway while he's talking to you, walk out. He's going to tell his receptionist, tell that person never to put their foot here again. So thank you. Dr. Jesus and me feel exactly the same. It's not a crusade ground, this, it's a church. Crusade, I do many crusades. You can be unruly on a crusade ground, but not in a church. This is a house of order. I will not allow any person or any group of young people to bring chaos in the world. You, you are meeting the wrong dog. This who does. Okay. So God says, says to him, as I live, says the Lord, just as, you, as you've spoken to my hearing, so I will do to you. It says, the carcasses of you who complained and murmured shall fall in the wilderness. So the people who had to know better stopped a whole generation from entering the promised land. And I'll tell you this, that at some point God will have enough with leadership that destroy the future of everybody else. God's not going to tolerate ongoing corruption, ongoing poverty, mismanagement of state funds that stop our people from coming out of bondage. God Himself will influence the leaders and raise up the leaders that will run South Africa, whether it's people in the ANC or outside of the ANC, God will raise up the leaders that will govern this country for His glory. You can say amen, because you're gonna see it. You will see it. So Israel turns a seven month journey. You can come with your 12 day journey. It's not a 12 day journey because a 12 day journey teaches you nothing. So God takes them through the wilderness. In the wilderness, they have to learn how to live dependent upon God, how to live by grace, and how to live by the Word of God. So He says, I brought you. I brought you out of Egypt. I brought you through the wilderness. It was God's plan so that you could learn to humble yourself and learn to worship God and learn to live God-dependent and learn to live by faith. Because if you're going to inherit the promised land, it's not going to be by miracles. As a matter of fact, when they crossed the Jordan River, pillar of fire disappeared, pillar of cloud disappeared, the manna stopped, the quail stopped, and they had to work for their living. God didn't baby them into the promised land. He looked after them while they were journeying to the promised land, trying to teach them. I'm with you. Pillar of fire, pillar of cloud. So if you doubt whether God is with you, let's pray for you. Get filled with the Holy Ghost, but then get on. But, but, but the thing that stops people from progress more than anything else is, is not lack of anointing. Let me make it very clear. I know very anointed people that live in poverty. Of course, the anointing is not going to change your mind. Please listen to me. The anointing will break a yoke, will remove a burden, will heal a sickness, a disease, etc. It's the anointing that comes upon a man. No man lives with that ministry anointing 24-7. When you minister, the anointing comes upon you and then the minister anointing flows through you and you pray through the anointing that is upon your life. But we all have to live. Whether you're an apostle, bishop, prophet, pope, whoever you call yourself to be, you live not under that anointing. You live by faith. You live through the Word of God. You live your life by faith. You live your life 
by changing your thoughts about yourself, about how you see God, about your environment, about your future. So what do we see when we look at South Africa? What do you see when you look at your future? What do you see when you look at yourself? When you go to the mirror and you look at yourself, what do you see? Who's looking back at you? Because the most important opinion you can have second to the opinion you have of God is the opinion you have of yourself. Who are you? Well, I'm the least from the weakest. Gideon, God says, no, you're a mighty man. Go in this might of yours and you shall save people. No, I'm the least, I'm the weakest. So because he believed that, he acted the weakest and he acted the least. So until we don't change what we believe about ourselves inherently, and we can all say things parrot fashion, but what you truly believe, what you inherently believe, the belief system that controls you, nothing is going to change. And that part requires giving God's Word your full attention because the Word of God is the only instrument, if I can call it that, that has the ability to save what is between your ears, your soul, to reconstruct your thinking patterns. So if we don't give God's Word our undivided attention, we are not committed to the journey of progress. Are you with me? So you can't be listening to the world all week and on Sunday you come and, uh, and, and that's why you get tired when I preach the Word of God. But you can go listen to quiet music for five hours and you're not tired because your mind has not been renewed. You can go watch a movie for three hours and you sit in church for half an hour, you get bored because your mind is distracted. Your mind is not focused. God says, give, your, give my Word your undivided attention. Focus on my Word. Get hungry for my Word. The music you listen to should be Christian-based. Oh, if you have a glass of wine with your wife, they listen to some romantic neutral music. But other than that, you can't listen to the filth and the pollution that these fools spew and vomit from Hollywood, etc. You have to get that rubbish off your iPad, iPod, whatever you're listening to. And you have to get yourself committed to, to brainwash yourself because the world is trying to brainwash you concerning identity, concerning wokeness, concerning everything else which is confusing people because people are not anchored in the Word of God. You have to anchor yourself in the Word of God. That's why the Bible says, my son, give your full attention, your undivided attention to my Word. You don't give your undivided attention to the Word of God, your mind's never going to change because you're going to have 98% of your time spending on worldly thoughts and 2% on God's thoughts and thinks anything is going to change. We have to reconstruct. We have to get rid of the old. That means we have to break down the old walls. We have to demolish the old thinking patterns. We cannot feed the old thinking patterns. We have to construct new thinking patterns, which is God's Word, which is as a hammer that breaks the rock in pieces. But at the same time, it is the healing balm that God uses to bring healing to your soul, peace to your soul, and He reconstructs your mind and your thinking. That's why as Christians, we need to be hungry for God's Word. We need to divulge God's Word. We need to read God's Word, meditate in the Word of God because the Word of God supernaturally will rewrite your program. And when you see again, you will not just say, I can. You will actually believe I can and then you will do and the fruit will be there and everybody will see it because the program has been changed, 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 changed. Because what stops people is not the enemy out there. It's the enemy, what you truly believe. And that comes out under pressure. 
That's why I say it's counted all joy when you go through trials. When you're under pressure, and, 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 and you may have said for a year, I can, 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 I can. Now there's a moment of pressure or a challenge or God tells you to do something. And now suddenly what you inherently believe comes out and you say, I don't think I can. I had an uncle, very wealthy man, multi-billionaire in Bloemfontein, multi-wealthy. All my family were very wealthy. So he, um, he always said, I don't have money. But he had hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of millions. But he always used to say, I don't have money. He didn't believe it. It's not just what you say. It's what you say believing. So he said, I don't have money. But, I mean, everybody knew, knew he had money. He didn't believe even what he said when he said, I don't have money. He just said, I don't have money. So you can say, I can. But what do you really believe? Because what you really believe will come out. And it's not, you know, when people make a mistake with confession, they think it's confessing because confession brings possession. If I say it enough, I'll have it. No, confession helps you to change your mind, helps you to get your thoughts to line up with God's Word so that that truth can go from your mind, from your mouth to your mind, to your heart, so that eventually you say, I can. You don't need to convince God that you can. And saying something a million times is not going to change anything. It's when you truly believe and you say something that it shapes your life. The minute you open your mouth and you say, I don't think I can. But you've always been saying, I think I can, I will, I want to, I will, etc. But the minute you open your mouth, what you truly believe. Does it make spiritual sense? Because people think it's, it's, it's confession brings possession. No, you can say until Jesus comes home, I'm going to levitate, except if you're one of those prophets and they carry you on a... and you walk in the air. It wasn't levitating, by the way. Just a fake video. <laughs> but you can, you, can, you can say till Jesus comes, I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly. I'm going to fly to Canada without an airplane, right? I believe I can fly. I believe I can fly. I believe I can touch the sky. Na, na, na. Yeah, yeah, we understand that, okay, by faith, etc. But reality, you're not about to take off. So what you truly believe. So when God comes to Israel, I'm going to close now. I don't want to be long. Um, and He tells them to see the promised land. And remember... 12 leaders of leaders are chosen. So these are the 12 top people in the nation. They are the leaders of the leaders of the leaders of the 12 tribes. So you would assume these people have it sorted out, right? And God says, go see the land. Vision. God says, bring back word, life and death in your mouth. Whether the land is rich or poor, the people are strong or weak, cities are fortified or not. See whether it's a good land or a bad land. So they come back and all 12 saw the same, right? Like the two boys that grew up in the same home, like us sitting here tonight, we in the same country. So don't say, Pastor, you see things differently because you're a white Afrikaner. Well, there are many white Afrikaners here tonight who do not see things the way I see them. So let's take white Afrikanerdom or culture out of the equation. 
So we all sit in the same environment. Yeah, in Pretoria, the same city. We all hear the same reports. We all see the same giants. The amazing thing about God is He never spoke about the giants. He spoke about the promised land. The second thing is God never told them how they were going to possess the promised land. God just said, see the land which I am giving you. Never told them there's a battle. He said, I'm going to give it to you. But the first thing I need is a positive report. I need vision because where there's no vision, people perish. So they came back and I want to read this. I read it before, but I want to read it again because it's so powerful. We have to get this. And I pray to God that the young generation has the we be able spirit that as the elections draw near, that you will not be swept up by all the hype and by people trying to open the wounds of yesterday, that you will keep your bearings, that you will stay anchored in Christ and that you will celebrate the future we have together. Because God never just planned deliverance for one tribe. His plan was to deliver the whole nation. And that's the same for South Africa. There's no future without everybody in South Africa participating in the future that God has planned for South Africa. Say amen. Come on, give Him a praise in Jesus' name. That's why we need voices. You have the masses, then you have voices. And the voices of influence always influence the masses. That's why we need to pray for leaders who have platforms that will bring a positive message. I said to uh, one of the political leaders uh, a few years ago, I said, um, why do you always stand up and attack the ANC? I said, that's not helping anybody. Get up and speak vision. Everybody knows what is wrong. But can we find leaders? Leaders in schools, leaders in business, leaders in church, leaders in politics that see the milk and the honey. Leaders that believe we are well able to bring change to South Africa and that speak with a, a word, a voice that unifies. Not campaigning, and try to discriminate against a population group because God can't bless that. Now don't be quiet on me now. Say amen. So go read the, 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 the vision that Oliver Tambo had and uh, Albert Latuli and uh, Sisulu and other architects of South Africa. They, there was not one racist statement in that. There was never statements of we're getting even with the whites or the whites are going to pay back. There was never hate in that. It was an inclusive country, a future for all. And I pray to God that after 94, that we will stop thinking black and white and we will think like South Africans and we will get a spirit of unity where everybody will have equal opportunity. And we, those who have will stand united to break the back of poverty. Say amen. Now you can say amen. Get rid of that devil and the evil of poverty because it's the worst atrocity that is possible against the humankind, mankind and the human spirit. Poverty is from the pits of hell. And we have to attack it with everything we have from every platform. We have to attack it, destroy it, annihilate it in Jesus' name. And get politicians in power that are wise enough to bring foreign investment and stimulate the economy 
and get jobs for everybody. Because God said it's a land of milk and honey for all of us. I said for all of us. I said for all of us. That means you as well. No matter how hopeless it is, it's a land of milk and honey for you. There's some milk and there's some honey for you, honey. Come now, man. Milk and yelling. You have no your broers yelling to fat, nee? That's enough yelling for you. You need to take what's your brother's. Bible says, do not covet what is your brother's. Lord, your broer. God will give you what is yours without taking it from your brother. So God says, see the land where the, the people who dwell in are strong, weak, etc. So they come back, verse 7, 27, they say, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. How many of you know that South Africa is one of the wealthiest countries in the world? The rest of you are never going to lift your hand no matter what I say. Because you wanted to leave the service to go smoke your soul. Now I'm never going to go longer, so you can get withdrawal. <laughs> yeah. So, um, nevertheless, but, what is your but? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I didn't say where. I said, what is your but? What is the one thing that neutralizes what God is telling you to see? You know, when I travel, I, I talk to everybody. I talk to people on the airport. I talk to waitresses, waiters, uh, wherever I meet people. Then I ask them, how do you see South Africa? What do you see about the future? What do you think about the government? I ask them. Say, so what do you think? You know, everybody has an opinion, as do you. And so many people say, I want to leave South Africa. Not just white people. As a matter of fact, there are more black people migrating, immigrating now out of South Africa than white people. Go look at Stats essay. More black people, more qualified black people and colored people and Asian people are leaving the country than white people. Because now even black people are not seeing a future in South Africa. Well, something has to change. Please, that one person who clapped hands, help me and clap your hands. Something has to change. Because I think everybody has had enough. But what's the answer? To run away? Or to become united? And to face the giants? And to conquer the giants? And to become a new generation with a new mindset? And to become voices of influence? And to tell our friends we are well able. Let us build a new South Africa. Let's build a new land. Let's be the voices of influence. And let's not be influenced by other people who do not want to see progress and change and prosperity for all of us. Because the plan of God was never the wilderness just enough. The plan of God is the promised land. That's where God wants every one of us. But what's the impact of leadership? So... They come back and they say, but the people who dwell in the land are strong. And they talk about all the ites, the other on ites, ites, yeah, ites there, negativity upon negativity upon negativity upon negativity. Family, shut negativity out. Shut your television off. Stop looking at the news. 
get informed, know what's going on in the world, but do not be controlled by everything that everybody is saying. You get your, word, your nose in the Bible and you say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And you build a rich treasure and you believe you have a future. It's not, your departure point is not what matters. It's the promise that God has for you. You may feel you are in the pits today, in the sticks today. You may feel hopeless, but you are not hopeless because God is with you, God is for you, and God promised you a future and a hope, and you better begin to focus upon the future and the hope. So they come up. Then Caleb quiets the people. This is what pleases God. He's not part of the negative conversation. He's not part of the whisperers. He's not part of the naysayers. He quiets the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able. Shout it out tonight. Say, I am well able. Say it again. I am well able. Say it. I am well able. In Jesus' name. Jehovah, come it. I'm well able to prosper. Well able to fulfill what God called me by the grace of God. But the men who had gone up with him said, we are not able. Cut those people out of your life. They gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land, which they spied out, saying the land through which we've gone as spies is the land who devours its inhabitants. All the people whom we saw are men of great stature. There we saw the giants, the Anak. The descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were there in these. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things. We were like grasshoppers. The image you have of God is your most important image you possibly can have. The second image is the image you have of yourself. And there's no way in the world that you can have a positive image in this world without Jesus Christ. It's not possible. Because, listen, there's not a person in this room that has not been belittled. Not a person in this room that has not been discriminated against. Not a person in this room that have not experienced rejection or abandonment. If you are that person, will you raise your hand? Because then you do it better than Jesus. Whether it's a teacher, a friend, somebody tried to minimize you, spoke down on you, and you can camp there. Or you can let it go. So sometimes people think I'm the only one that uh, people betrayed or people spoke down on or people said I'm not able, etc., etc., etc. I mean, David, when he took out Goliath, um, Saul, the king told him, you're not able. How's that? When my pastor employed me, he said, you're my third choice. That's a good, uh, he said, you're the one I can afford. Lekker. Ek was a good kopje. Didn't faze me because I knew I was God's cho- choice. I was God's choice. He said, and he told me exactly I wanted to appoint, appoint him. Then he said, I wanted to appoint him. But you know, before he spoke to me, God spoke to me. And I knew exactly this was my time. And I knew that God was going to use him. And it didn't matter what he said about me. And my title was not like young pastors who are called a pastor. My title was Gopher. You know what a gopher is? Go for me. Go. I thank God for that. Because I learned that nothing in life happens by itself. And if you allow what you go through to define who you are, that's where you will stay. And then 10 to 1, you are going to find other people that have given up on the journey. And you all are going to sing the same old song 
and begin to listen to country western music. And you're going to have dim the lights and sit together and murmur and complain and talk about what could have been. I was treated like this. I'm, I'm hurt. We all have been hurt. We've all been broken. We've all been struck down. We've all been minimized. The first time I walked as a pastor into the leader with the president, it was like spot the white, literally, okay? So I'm like two people and everybody looked at me saying, thinking, what are you doing here? White boy. And I thought, I'm here by God's design. And I'm not going to be minimized because of my peach pink skin color. So when it was time to ask questions, I was always the first person. Say, Mr. President, thank you very much. And I could see people get irritated with me because, hey, you white, shut up. I decided, no, God put me here. And you're not going to minimize me now because of a new dispensation in South Africa and I'm white, it makes me stronger, makes me bolder, makes me braver. Come on, what's your excuse? Don't let anybody tell you what you cannot do. God says, I'm with you. God says, I'm for you. God says, you stand back for no man. Come on. Oh, come on, say amen in the name of Jesus Christ. You get up out of those, in that environment. You leave those drug runners behind. You leave those people that are in criminal activity. You leave them behind. And tonight, you make up your mind, I'm ready for progress. I'm ready to go forward. I'm ready to better myself. I'm ready to improve myself because I know and God knows there's something on the inside of you that says you should not be down and out. You should be up and about. God knows that He created you for significance. God knows He created you for greatness. That's why you will never be happy just to be Joe Average. God created you to have a dream, to have a vision, and to do something great. That's why you will never be happy while you are just settling for second best in life. So come on tonight, come on, come on, come on, come on. Take yourself serious, love yourself. Love yourself enough to respect yourself. Love yourself enough to invest in yourself. Love yourself enough to be very selective about your relationships because people can make or break you. They'll take you up or they'll take you down. Love yourself enough to protect your ear gate so people don't come and spill their filth and their offenses into your ear. You protect your soul. You protect your mind. You protect your heart more than anything else because out of, the, out of, the, out of your heart flow the issues of life. You don't allow your heart to become tainted. That heart is your inner belief, your treasure, what you believe, you protect it. And no matter what people do, you forgive, you love, and you move on. And if they hit you on one cheek, you turn the other cheek. And after that, God never told you what you should do. You hitted me once, you hitted me twice. God never said you hitted me thrice. Because every action demands a reaction. Okay, that's the law of Newton. That's not the law of God. Okay. We forgive. Come on. Come on. Come on.
Stop finding fault with yourself. Stop looking down at yourself. Stop minimizing yourself. Get, can I say Christ pride? Christ worth. That when a conversation goes a certain way, you walk out. You don't take the offenses of other people. You don't take the hurts of other people. You don't hug other people's grudges and become polluted. You live free and you live large. That's what the Bible says. Never got there. He that looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it, this man will be blessed in all that he does. The law of liberty that keeps you free in your spirit, your soul, and your body to think the thoughts of Christ. Yes, it's a journey. You better believe it. It's not a visitation every now and again. It's a journey of commitment like any person who wants to play rugby. But not after that song yesterday. It's a miracle anybody could play after that song. You say, what song? That song. You say, why do you even mention that? Look, it's not an issue for me, but we want to win the World Cup, right? But uh, if that is the setup for our team, and we don't know the words, and it's a half-hearted song, and the microphone doesn't work, and it's like, we're going to play like that song, there's no hope. So I suggest, maybe your cousin took an old song, because not even a new song. It's an old song that they put new words to. It's not good enough. So please, we have people very influential in sport in our church. Don't get offended, but give us another song, please. Give us another song. We, we don't want that song. Achtu no man. Smile man. You all thought, you thought, what the heck? You know why I'm like that? I walk into a place and I, I, I was talking to a lady uh, this week. And she said, Pastor, I can't go to the health clinic anymore. I can't go there. I can't go there. I can't go there. I can't go there. She says, it's just all. And I, I love that because she, she, she's, you know, I don't like the whole color thing, etc. But she said, it's just so below me that I can't go there. Why should we tolerate anything that takes us down? If everything about God is about taking us up, that's where we should become intolerant. 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 And not like many other people say, I'm not voting next year because what does it matter in any case? Hey, you better vote. You better register and tell all your friends to register and go into that voting booth. And if you don't know who to vote for, I don't know whom I'm going to vote for. Okay, I hope there was a, just a vote for God, but unfortunately not. We have to vote people into power who are going to make decisions that will determine the future of all of us. So we can't just pray, we have to pray and vote. And believe that God will somehow orchestrate this government of national coalition, however that's going to work, who knows, and that something good will come out of this. But let us not lose hope in this time.
let us cancel all our plan B's because a delay is not a denial. Maybe we're not where we should be, but we're not where we were. Amen. Maybe not everything is functioning, but there's at least something functioning. Amen. You are functioning. Let's build a better world by building ourselves. Ourselves. The kingdom of God does not come with observation, but the kingdom of God is within you. So tonight, I don't know where you are and I don't know where you are at, but God is talking to you. Every person that ever experienced tremendous change in his life had a starting point. And if you read the Bible, it's a God encounter. That is the defining moment in your life when you encounter God and He becomes more real than any other thing in your life, any other person, any other experience. I want every head bowed, every eye closed, no one moving, please. There's one thing you cannot doubt and that's that that God loves you. He so loved you that He gave His only begotten Son to die for you. Tonight there's a heaven to gain, there's a hell to shun. Tonight it doesn't matter what you have done. It matters whether you will receive Jesus Christ as your future, your hope and your life. Maybe you served God at one time, but as a young person you've become hopeless. You've wandered away from God. Sitting in Bloemfontein, Johannesburg, Port of Strum, Port Elizabeth, Cape Town. In one of the many churches tonight watching and something is happening in your heart. Do you know what that man said on that platform tonight resonates in your heart? And you are sick and tired of being sick and tired. You want change. That change is going to start with surrender. Where you surrender your life to Jesus Christ. I want to pray for you. I want to help you find your way back to God. Because I'll tell you one thing. To try and make sense out of all that is happening is impossible outside of God. It's not possible. To have hope outside of God is not possible. Only God can change you. And when God comes into your life, He fills you with hope and love and life. And then a journey starts. Empowered by God's grace. Filled with desire and fueled by faith. To be a God chaser. Come on tonight. Start that journey. And put your life back in the hands of Jesus. While every head is bowed, every eye closed. He said, even on, you bet your life is not really good. Dit nie geloofsekerheid nie, dit nie die wete. As jy so sterf, jy gaan jemel toe nie. Vanavond kan jy die geloofsekerheid kry. Vanavond kan jy jou leven oorgee aan die Heere. I want to pray for you tonight, while every head is bowed, every eye closed. You're sitting in this place tonight, you say, Pastor, I need, to get, I need to get serious about my walk with God. I need to get serious about Jesus. I want to surrender all to Jesus. So I want to come back to Jesus. If that is the cry of your heart tonight, please give me the privilege to pray for you. If that's you, quietly raise your hand. I want to say a prayer for you quickly. All over this place, raise it up. Raise it up, 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 up. Many hands. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Come on, God's talking to you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hey, we're not a hopeless people. The devil is a liar. He tries to turn us against one another. No, no. We have a future, we have a hope. And we will only find one another at the foot of the cross. Come to Jesus tonight. One more time before I pray. There's a stirring in your heart tonight. God's calling you. You know it. And tonight you want to surrender your life to Jesus. You want to get serious with God and give Him everything. Before I pray, if not, you've raised your hand. Slip your hand up quickly now. In Jesus' name. Raise it up. 
Slip it up. Thank you. God bless you, bless you, bless you. Raise it up. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you. Boys. So I was standing at six, which is great, eight. And my friends were matric and army. And they taught me the ways of the world. They introduced me to everything. Corrupted me. Oh, we were like this. And then as I got older, I corrupted others. Right? Huh? The amazing law of influence. That doesn't just work in God's kingdom. It works out there in the world as well. So, a new journey requires new relationships. It requires that you go back to your friends as I did. You see, I'm not a pastor who doesn't get it. I'm not a pastor that grew up in church. I wasn't in church. I wasn't a church goer. I didn't like church. I got saved. Radically saved by God. So I understand the world. I understand how the world operates. You cannot just walk with anybody and think you're going to keep fire for God. That's not legalism. It's reality. You need to get committed to a church. Get committed to home sales and the journey of discipleship. Because people are discipled into politics. People are discipled in business. We call it mentorship. People are discipled into sin. I mean, the first dachazol I roll, I knew nothing about rolling a dachazol, okay? It's, irre- it's, 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 it's not applicable to most of you, but I'll let you geleer om my ding te roll. Nee. Nee, I weet nou nie waarom jy nou praat nie. Maar iemand het jou geleer om te drink, ek bedoel iemand het jou geleer om te syp, ek bedoel iemand het jou geleer om te sokkie, ek bedoel iemand het jou geleer om te vry, ek bedoel iemand het jou geleer om te... Jy het nie net geweet hoe om te vry nie. Jy het miskien geoefen op jou teddybeer. <laughs> my neef het sy teddybeer gehad, en my sê, dan het my geleer om te soen op een teddybeer nogal. So, it's discipleship. Discipleship. Somebody discipled you. You marry your wife, you disciple her. Right? You teach her the ways of the Lord. Amen. Right? So we have to be committed to the journey or we get saved tomorrow and we're gone today and we're gone tomorrow we need help we need friends who understand because sometimes people think we don't understand people go through things and they think we don't know what they're going through listen man everybody we've got such a diverse church there's somebody no there's a hundred people who have gone through what you are going through and those people have to help you out of, into, out of, never enough, or the land of bondage, your Egypt, mindsets, etc., into the promised land. The promise is if we are saved, the problem is if we are saved for many years and we're still there and we're still negative and we still complain and we still murmur and we still easily get offended, etc. What the heck? Remember, when you get offended, it's choice. It's always choice because there's always offense to be had. As pastors as well. People offend us all the time. Don't kid yourself. Do you think we're just immune? No, we deal, you deal with one pastor, I deal with tens and tens of thousands of people and I deal with other pastors who, who, who offend me. And I'm the only one that shouldn't get offended. Because I chose. I'm not going to get offended. No matter what you say, no matter what you do, I'm not going to get offended. So your heart is your choice. And the minute you allow offense in your heart, boom, Oh, you can sit there with your big smile and say, 
the dot is there. It's growing. It's going to limit your boundaries, your horizons, and you'll give account to God one day. You allow offense to move you out of God's purpose. I'm leaving this church because I don't like that you said something about the song that was so pitiful. I mean, that song that was written. You're offended by that. What about the million other things I said? Okay, I'm sorry I I touched your sacred cow. But I'm not singing that song. My choice. Thank you very much. I make an issue where there's no issue. Just to prove a point. That we can't be so fickle about everything. Because context is everything. People walk in here, they have no context. They have a glimpse and they make a decision and they've not seen a journey. Don't be like that. Be better, be bigger, be smarter, be wiser and be committed to a journey of growth and connect with people that are growing and going. Don't walk with people that are going nowhere. Hook up with people that are going somewhere. People that are bigger than you. People that are happier than you. People that have more faith than you. You can't hang around people that don't challenge you. And if people challenge you, there's the risk of offense. Love demands that we challenge you to grow, change for your sake and for the sake of other people. Amen. Put your hand on your heart, all you beautiful people, and pray this prayer with me in all our churches, all those UJ students and VIT students. It's a hotbed of politics. The universities are going to be hot, hotbeds of politics now. Keep your bearings. Whatever political part you get involved in, I'm not saying where you should get involved in, but wherever you are, you become a voice of, of, of unity. When people go in any direction that is crazy, you say, whoa, 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 whoa. We're South Africans. And you bring sanity. You bring reason. But remember, I want to say this. The poor should matter to all of us. We should all be against poverty. We should all be for education. We should all be for a better future for all the people. We should all be for safety and security. All of us. There is so much common ground that it's actually difficult to be divided at this time. You need some politician to divide us. Let's not go there. Pray this tonight. Say, Jesus, I give my heart back to you. My life I put into your hands. Thank you that you promised a future and a hope. I believe this. And today I turn back to you and I accept you. Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. I open my heart and I invite you to take your rightful place. Thank you, Lord, that you died for my sin. I believe that you conquered the grave and you are alive. And therefore, you are my Savior and my Deliverer and my God. And you have the power to lead me and to guide me. And sin no longer has any hold over my life because you set me free tonight in Jesus' Name. Amen and amen and amen. And amen. And say this tonight. Say I. Say it. Say I. Say it. Say I am 
forgiven. I am a new creature. I am born again. Hallelujah. Let's all give the Lord praise. Come on. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.